Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is on Dog and joining me today, he just finished a Grey's Anatomy binge. It's Daniel Lima. Daniel, what's going on? Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. What a show. <laughs> what a show. <laughs> um, uh, Grey's Anatomy features uh, somewhat prominently in Dog, funny enough, even though I haven't thought about that show in quite some time. But uh, Dog is the uh, newest movie. Uh, first time directors, Channing Tatum and Reed Carolyn. Uh, Reed Carolyn's one of uh, Channing Tatum's producing partners also, uh, but like, you know, worked on him very closely with a lot of like the Magic Mike movies and other stuff like that. But it's uh, Channing Tatum's return to like live action feature lead roles for the first time since like Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky. So that's kind of was kind of like one of the big drawing points of this movie. But uh, it tells the story of a U.S. Army uh, or excuse me, a former U.S. Army Ranger named Jackson Briggs who uh, has been a bit in a, of a rut in his life lately. He was kind of had to retire from the military due to some brain injuries. He's working at a subway, ironically. He uh, and is, But is still trying to somehow get back into the military, despite the fact that he has suffered uh, multiple traumatic brain injuries. But the folks that would uh, be able to kind of give him that stamp of approval have been understandably hesitant to do so, looking out for you know his physical well-being. But that doesn't stop him from doing everything he can to get back in. He sees an opportunity to do so when one of his uh, uh, former superior officers that could give one of those stamps of approvals uh, says, hey, hey, we, your old buddy who just uh, died in a single vehicle accident, uh, another army ranger named Rodriguez, his old military dog slash kind of personal pet from when he got out of the military, I guess, his family wants that dog at his funeral and he's not well enough to uh, fly. So you need to drive him from what I didn't even know until I read a review was actually Montana. I was having trouble figuring out where he was living. Uh, it was Montana. Same. What? Same. Same. Uh, I thought, I think, well, the one review I read called it Montana. So, uh, but it just, it, they took a very weird route to Arizona on the road trip in this movie if, uh, <laughs> if, if, if they were actually in Montana. But uh, yeah. he has to dri- drive the dog from Montana to uh, Arizona for the funeral and then uh, basically deliver him to like kind of another army base that it's where it's basically determined that the dog is most likely going to be put, put down because uh, she is considered damaged goods. I should say the dog is a Belgian shepherd named Lulu who, uh, you know, has also been pretty scarred from her time in the war and was um scarred from her time in the war and has a lot of different triggers and uh who briggs did kind of know when he was in the military but is uh you know hasn't seen in some time and uh is obviously going to be a bit of an adjustment because she is just like not really the best with people given everything she's been through and that she'd only known one owner pretty intimately uh daniel you put in a pretty early request to talk about this one i don't know i, I think you have an affinity for movies uh, man and beast movies or man and pet movies of different kinds uh so this seemed right up your alley but i'm wondering like just because uh, I guess last year reading, I don't even know if you've actually done one of these movies before. We've just kind of talked about them a lot. I'm not, I'm not sure if we have, I know uh, I had talked about doing like, I know concrete cowboy with you last year. Cause I know you're a big war horse guy and you have other certain ones. I know you watched Turner and Hooch at my behest once upon a time, uh, which I think I can't remember if it's a German shepherd and Turner and Hooch, but it's a fairly similar looking dog. So I'm kind of, I kind of want to ask you more broadly before we get into the specifics of this movie, because I don't know how much we actually have to say about the specifics. What is it that draws you to these kind of movies? I know you own pets, but is there something that you particularly appreciate about movies about like beast and man and, uh, and what, what, what particularly like, 
were you hoping to get out of Dog, given what you normally appreciate about such movies? You know, I was actually thinking about this uh, just before we started recording as I was cleaning up dog vomit off my floor. Um, I was like, what really... <laughs> What's the appeal? <laughs> what's what's the appeal here? And really, um, in terms of film, well, I think that what I think ultimately it ties into like what why I feel so strongly about like animals and, you know, what makes me uh, bond so so much with animals in the first place, like in my daily life. And I think ultimately it goes back to like, hmm, how do I put it? I think that the bond between the relationship between humans and, uh, you know, non-human animals and pets um, is unique in the sense that it, it goes to something, I think, a little purer even than human relationships in a way. Uh, as a, you know, two human beings were both, you know, very complex beings with inner lives and thoughts and, you know, these all these modes of communication and all these different contexts and all these different you know, you never get to truly know a person, you know, whatever bond, whatever relationship you might have with them. With an animal, there's not as much going on, uh, which, you know, you would think would be somewhat limiting in your ability to bond with them. But the fact is, I think it goes to something a little more pure. The fact that my cat doesn't really can't talk to me, can't relate to me in any sort of like real way. Like she doesn't go to work. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't watch a bunch of movies or anything like that. And yet, you know, we're tight, you know, she's, she comes up to me when I get home. Uh, she, when I'm not home, she apparently goes looking around the house for me, meowing. She follows me around, jumps on my lap, mm. you know, wants to be around me. And, you know, that sort of unconditional love that you can get from, you know, a dog, cat, whatever. There's something pure in that, you know? And I love to see a movie that really gets to that, you know, that manages to really portray that sort of relationship in an honest sort of way. Uh, and so, you know, that's what I respond or, or to. Or even think. the forming of such a relationship, you should say. Or in the, the forming, and the forming and in the forming of such a relationship, yes. Uh, because, you know, sometimes it's not easy. <laughs> sometimes it's not easy. So, uh, yeah, that's what I look for when I go into like an animal movie, when I go into a movie about, you know, a man and his dog. Uh, you know, you, you know me, I'm running through all the Airbud movies and those manage th those have varying degrees of success in managing to, you know, portray that sort of relationship. You know, Warhorse, I think, does a brilliant job in doing that. And in, you know, I think there's also like in terms of film, like a challenge in how you portray the inner life of you know, what is a non-human animal. Uh, and I always like to see how different filmmakers approach something like that. Do you anthropomorphize that creature? Do you uh, um, give it the ability to speak to kind of cut to cut, you know, avoid having to figure out how to do that? Like, I, I like seeing how different filmmakers uh, sort of approach that. So with Dog, it seems like, you know, a it's a movie called Dog. It seems like it's trying to get to, you know, trying to do that accomplish that in like the most uh simple way possible you know just a man a dog in a car let's see that relationship blossom um and also i was very curious to see how it threads the needle on like the purity of that against the potentially sticky issue of the fact that this is like a military working dog and a former army soldier, I was curious to see how they would um, address sort of the uh, the nature of, you know, 
an animal put to work in those conditions, you know, namely as a part of the military industrial complex and as part of the war machine and uh, how that would affect their relationship. So, um, well, yeah, I was, I was totally in the tank for this going. Well, through. okay. So I guess what, what I'll say then before I even really ask you to give your overall opinion of it, because I'll say I like the movie. And one of the things I thought was pretty interesting was that I, I kind of mentioned that it was uh, Channing Tatum's first live action performance in some time. I really like Channing Tatum as an actor. I particularly enjoy the 21 Jump Street movies and the Magic Mike movies. And I, th- I see him as a really underrated comedic talent because he's been out of our lives for so long. And one of the things I appreciated about the movie was that, like, I mean, I, I don't I don't even know if appreciates the right word. I he was so likable, even as that character was like just doing terrible things to this dog. And I, I, I kind of found myself like enjoying the first half of this movie it, somehow, like in spite of that, even though I really shouldn't have found myself doing that. So I thought he was particularly charming in the points where they don't really have an actual real bond yet. And then I thought it actually did handle the parts where they uh, did come together like pretty effectively. And like, obviously they're both recovering from their own types of traumas, but uh, I don't think the movie is too preachy about that necessarily. I think there's something to be said for the fact that like, yeah, it doesn't. One thing I noted, I, I think I mentioned before we started recording, like the, I only really actually got around to reading one review and it, it made, it was David Ehrlich. He made the point that like, it, it doesn't, and he wasn't like overly critical of it for this either, but he's like, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really interrogate like what we're actually doing in these wars where we're like sending these dogs and soldiers over there and they're coming back like this. It doesn't shy away from the consequences of that either. And cause he's, they, they obviously both have their issues. And I don't think the movie, I think the movie is effective in that without being too preachy about that, even in like the scene where he's like walking around with Rodriguez's brother while they look for the stolen stuff being led, led around by the dog. Uh, like they do kind of talk about everything that they've been through, but I don't know. I didn't feel like I was getting preached to or beat over the head with like any kind of message about like how we treat every, all these people or anything like that. So I just thought the movie was pretty effective in the second half and doing all the serious stuff. Well, being funny, even though like some of the stuff that uh, Briggs is doing in the first half of this movie is not funny. So uh, what worked most for you about this? Huh? Well, I think what does work best is honestly, yeah, the portrayal of that bond, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like you see how how do I put this at the end of the day? This is a movie about, yeah, a man and his dog. But it also is about sort of two broken people, so to speak, le- learning to lean on each other. And learning to not be afraid to open themselves up and rely on each other in a way that, you know, uh, heals them, makes them, it makes them vulnerable, but it also makes them stronger. Um, Mm. You know, like, I think that it does key into not only, you know, that, that sort of interpersonal relationship and the nature of that sort of bond, but it also actually does, I think, manage to um, make some salient points about mental health. It manages to make some salient points about what it's like to be in a place where you do need help, but you're too afraid to ask for it. Uh, and, you know, how you get out of it. Um, I think that's ultimately the most successful part of the film, like those really uh, personal moments. I think the least successful parts are honestly those broader social points. I, I don't think that it's a preachy movie and I do commend them for at least do I commend them? The movie does. The movie does uh, actually address the consequences of, you know, what these sorts of people have to deal with when they get back home, like vet, both veteran veterans, both, you know, may a human and animal. And, you know, the fact that it key ties into like and, you know, the the, the personal conflicts are the result ultimately of, you know, their experiences overseas. Um, I, I kind of respect that 
the problem is that I think it's it, it, it's almost like more frustrating to see the movie acknowledge those personal results and the personal consequences while steadfastly refusing to uh, address the larger implications of what these people have been doing and how they got to the situation that they're in now. In a way, uh, I would have preferred it if they just kept it simple, if they just didn't, you know, go into the politics of it all. Um, well, so what do you, so let me ask what you mean by that. Like you don't want it to get into politics, but you wanted to engage more in like what they've been through. So you think there's more they could have done with like talking about how things work functionally for both dogs and soldiers over at war without like necessarily delving too much into like the, the morality of the war that they were in. Yeah. So like, Hmm, how do I put it? So toward the beginning of the movie, when they first go on this road trip, uh, mm -hmm. which this gets to the point of like, I have no idea where they started this road trip because they start apparently in Montana, but he takes a, takes a shortcut through like Seattle. Like what the hell? Like, but then they go down the Pacific coast highway south, when it's like, then they go to so they, they went they went well west of Arizona if they did start. Yeah, Montana. yeah, that's a weird route. But he does say to the dog at the beginning, like, hey, I, I want to have some fun on this trip. So <laughs> maybe that explains it. But so like, you know, uh, early on, he goes to like Portland and mm -hmm. uh, there's this, you know, comedic sequence where he tries to like, you know, meet girls at bars and he just cannot. He doesn't know how to talk to like a modern woman in Portland, you know, a very liberal city. Uh, like, you know, because he's like a, this very macho uh, 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 military man. Yeah. And, you know, he's confronted with all these women who, when they learn he's a soldier, they're like, you know, oh, how is it? What's it like being a part of the, the military industrial complex, you know, fighting wars just for profit and oil and this and that. And uh, there are also more serious moments where like, uh, uh, I guess we're jumping around the plot here, but I think toward the closer to the climax of the movie, uh, uh, Lulu, the dog is triggered by seeing like an Arabic man at a hotel and goes and attacks him. And the movie addresses the fact that these dogs are ultimately trained to be racial profilers. And uh, it sort of, it sort of addresses like the, complicated nature well complicated to say the least of the role of you know uh, our protagonists experiences in war uh it, like the dog at one point um he's interacting with these uh pot farmers in uh i think the oregon wilderness and uh he's showing them like the uh this book that explains how to like handle lulu uh her personal triggers and this and that and it's like a kill book and like the it's called the kill book, I think. And uh, on the cover of this binder is like, give war a chance, you know, and like it, it makes all these allusions to like the kind of macho military culture. And like it makes all these overtures to like the unfairness and unjustness of these wars that these people have been fighting. And uh it doesn't do anything more than that. It waves these sorts of things off. Uh, ultimately, for example, the Muslim man who's attacked by Lulu decides not to press charges because he's like, uh, I don't want to, you know, take all this time out of my personal life to go prosecute a veteran trying to bring his dog to a 
funeral. And I'm like, that feels that feels really weird to have a Muslim man riding off being racially profiled by some guy and attacked violently by a dog. It's a weird energy to put into a movie that should be about their relationship primarily. Um, I don't understand what's the point of bringing up the problematic nature of their roles without contending with the unjustness of, you know, the unjustness that they personally participated in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, wondering how the movie should have balanced all that. I don't disagree that that could have also had the potential to be pretty interesting though. I don't, I don't, I don't need a movie like this to run past two hours either. Uh, mm. And one, one, one other thing I want to add to all of that, because, yeah, there's certainly a way they could like delve more into the culture of all this. And it's 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 a little beside your point. But the fact is, like, for the large part of this movie, like the, the ultimate destination for her, for Lou is to go be put down and uh, like they're just going to cycle her out. And like it's usually they just kind of it's implied that these like military dogs, they just kind of determine their true damage and they just seem to be put down. And but I was also talking to like my friend uh, Monique, who is a who is an army veteran who like about this movie. She hadn't seen it yet at the time I talked to her, but like she said that when she was in the mil- when she was in the army, the dogs are often like given like a rank above the person that they're with at all times. Like so it's considered like a really serious offense to like do any harm to the dog because it's like the same offense as like harming like one of your commanding officers, basically. Uh, but at the same time, so it's like I have trouble reconciling that like they place that value on the dogs there and then just kind of like toss them aside once they, once they're out though, I guess it's really not that unlike how maybe they treat a lot of our troops after they're yeah, gone. That's not, um, that doesn't, that doesn't raise any eyebrows from me, son. Right, right, right. But I mean, I get, it's more just like, I just think that's another part of like the, the, the way the military like functions in the spaces that this movie is in that could have also been put under a microscope at the same time. It's like, I like, hmm. like, like I mentioned in the beginning and like you reiterated, like, yes, it shows the harm that has been done to these people, but maybe there's a way to like dissect what is like, what, what could still be changed about that culture at certain levels without necessarily having to like uh, do a whole movie about like why we shouldn't be having these wars for the last 20 years also. So yeah, no, I, I am with you. I actually don't think you, you opened up by saying like, you know, this is actually beside your point. I actually do think that, 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 I think you you nailed the you know the the you hit the nail on the head there, um, because ultimately I think that like there's a way to like kind of explore that issue in a more like taking an actual stand on that sort of issue, mm. um, but alternatively you can just you know zero in on the effect on uh, the effects of you know what they have experienced and done, you know how that affected their psyche and just, you know, double down on the stuff that actually does work in this film and excise those broader points. Because like, ultimately like, I do think that like, that is the most interesting part of the movie. Um, that is kind of the, the, the heart of the bond between um, Channing Tatum and Lulu. Um, it is the fact that they are two people, two people who have been cast aside by the, you know, this organization that they gave their life for, that they were told they were doing this important work. And then they were just, you know, cut adrift and written off as damaged goods. Right. And And you said the thing about earlier about like it it being a movie about someone that doesn't even like that probably needs to ask for help, but isn't. Uh, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't think it's kind of like the, the movie's trying to lead you to believe that like, the army is looking out for him by like not letting him reenlist because like they know that his brain. I should clarify. Up. I should clarify uh, that 
that wasn't what he was trying to do. He was trying to become a uh, a contractor. He was trying to become a like sort of like a uh, work for like a, a PMC, you know, like Blackwater type. Uh, it sort of in, been it sort of in, involved. Yeah, right. You're you're right. Actually, he wanted yeah, he them needed to he off. needed yeah he needed the CEO his former CEO to sign off on his like medical like paper. Regardless, he wanted back in on the action in some way. Exactly. He wanted to go back into a war zone because that's literally all that he knew. That's all that he thought he was good for. Um, Without that, he felt like he was nothing. But at the same time, like we're led to believe the army is looking out for him by trying to prevent him from doing that. But it doesn't really address the fact that like the army could probably be doing other things to help him that they're not. Exactly. Yeah. They could be doing other things. Um, They make the, he makes the point to his commanding officer who says like, no, I'm not going to let you through. He makes the point that like other people had their paperwork signed off on. And guess what? The only difference between them and Channing Tatum is that Channing Tatum's like issues were like documented. You know what I mean? So it's less it sounds like it's less about trying to protect him and more about covering their own ass. They don't want to sign off on, you know, him going to war or going in this kind of uh going into the private side of, you know, security forces and uh, doing something and ending up in a situation where like they can be held liable mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, you are, it's, it, the military is a meat grinder. You know what I mean? You're only there to further the interests of, you know, whatever America's interests are in, you know, whatever region of the world that they send you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Again, like you're right. I don't need this movie to be over two hours. I don't need it to be a serious interrogation of the military industrial complex. But what you can do is explore in in further detail how this affects their psyche versus like this kind of weird balancing act that the film attempts to do where it's like trying to like address those sorts of issues and also waving them off and kind of going into a little bit of the hero worship bullshit that like I kind of find repugnant whenever it comes up in media i remember like when we were talking about um king richard mm. i kept on talking about like you know those lines that would make the black of behind me go mm-hmm. like uh yeah i don't like it when i see you know these sorts of conservative through lines i like, kind of smuggled into like mainstream uh storytelling um it always kind of rubs me the wrong way um honestly like if it, even if it had the bravery to just go full on red state, I might have I might have been easier for me to reconcile like, OK, this is one for that crowd. But instead, it just doesn't take a stand either way. And that's time that would have been better spent uh, fleshing out the effects that this had on Tatum and, uh, and Lulu. Sure. So you did say you like the bonding of that they had, though. Um, yes, I did. But there's a lot of fun digressions in this movie. Again, I I feel kind of odd saying that because, you know, uh, some of it kind of involves him drugging the dog. Some of it involves him uh, um, just, uh, just being really like irresponsible. So the dog runs off or, uh, you know, him locking the do- dog in a car while he like tries to go hook up with some hippies. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of odd different kind of uh, little, I mean, fun things. But at the same time, he's like being a fairly negligent uh, dog caretaker at the same time. Uh were there any parts of this movie that you like had the most fun as, and like, were just like, 
I don't even know if I laughed that much, but I, I certainly got a lot of chuckles out of like watching Channing Tatum just like mutter stuff under his breath to the dog or um, uh, getting getting into some of the, like the hijinks uh, at that hotel up until the point where the dog uh, just turns into a, a racial racially pro, a racially profile dog. Um, so uh, what moments of this movie like did really kind of do it for you with respect to their relationship and uh, how they came to bond? Yeah, I feel bad that we spent so much time talking about like the larger like points and problems of the movie, because honestly, it is still like really fun. It is still really fun to see uh, Channing Tatum interact with this dog. Like every moment of this movie where he and Lulu are on screen together, it's just I had a smile on my face. Um, I think that the movie does a good job establishing sort of I should point out that probably my admittedly my favorite like moment of the movie might it might honestly be the opening credits i think it's probably the most uh it's probably the best like piece of filmmaking in the movie uh where it's just sort of giving you an overview of lulu's life you know she was almost immediately adopted into the military she found this owner who she bonded with and then you know he had she's ended up she ends up getting put off of active duty before him he's writing all these love letters to his dog and you see that like kind of her steady decline up until the point that the military decides that she needs to be put down i honestly that part's probably the most like it's probably the best example of filmmaking in the movie Mm. Uh, but like the rest of it you know it is kind of like exactly what you would expect chatting tatum meets the dog he doesn't like this dog he's not a dog guy um and the dog doesn't do a lot to endear himself ruins a bunch of his property ruins a bunch of his property ruins all his property and such and like i mean like you said like it's just fun watching him mutter and and curse at this dog because you know that's a part of the experience of bonding with a non-human animal also uh the frustration in not being able to clearly communicate with them and of course lulu has more issues than most because of her experiences in war and uh you know they take you know all these sorts of they hit all these hurdles, you know, on the way to becoming best pals again. He's he's given her Ambien to like get her to sleep. And yeah, he's leaving her in the car as, you know, he's trying to hook up, you know, and like uh, kudos to Channing Tatum. This is where Channing Tatum really does earn his paycheck because he manages to make this man, this, you know, again, like also like a very macho sort of standard military kind of brutish sort of guy very charming and likable despite the fact that you know he's you know not a not a not great to lulu and then the turning point is when he runs into this couple of uh of pot farmers and who teach him sort of to like actually care for lulu and treat her like kind of like a person like in a way like to accept that even though she might not be human she does have you know, does wants and desires, you know, even if they might be baser than his own. And in a way, maybe not so much baser than his own. Uh, I, I, I missed this part, admittedly, because I had to rush to the bathroom real quick. But I came back in to see her like, I, I don't know, she was the, the, the late old lady was like reading the dog's mind and telling him that the dog wanted to like sleep in a in a comfy bed. Yeah, which... I mean, you, you picked a good time to leave. I mean, there wasn't really a better explanation for that that you missed. It's just like she considers okay. herself somewhat of a medium that can do those things. OK, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's played for laughs, kind of. But like at the end of the day, I think that also is sort of the turning point in their relationship where, you know, he finally accepts that he needs to stop looking at this dog as a burden and 
treat her the way that any living thing ought to be treated, you know, and he starts putting her first. He starts uh, trying to accommodate her. He starts, you know, uh, uh, you know, taking her out leash and, you know, uh, getting her her fancy hotel bed. And, you know, he's making compromises in order to accommodate her like he wants to go out and party. But guess what? Lulu is, you know, she she's grown kind of fond of him Mm -hmm. and she doesn't want to be left alone cooped up in a room all day so guess what he takes her out you know uh and it's those sorts of small moments those sort of sort of uh that sort of change in his the character's behavior that kind of solidifies their bond and makes it so charming to watch you know i can't help but put a smile on my face yeah i i i I mean i did i did kind of like the turn i mean it was a little strange the way once you once they came upon the weed farmers and stuff like that it was a little strange how it looked like it was gonna be one thing and it turned into another thing but i found those performances from uh jane adams and kevin nash actually uh pretty charming so i i liked how that unfolded and i again i'll just and again i i just like what like you said i liked watching him mutter under his breath and so that that got me plenty of uh, laughs from the first part of the movie and the second part like again there's just something sweet about seeing them come together it, it you know when it's so focused on two people like that or i keep we both we now both refer to the dog as a person uh when it's so focused on just two characters like that and so much of the movie is just the two of them i think it, it does a lot of the work and just like kind of um selling you on how they would come together you know in like you know romantic relationship movies there's uh it, it, you, you often have to get sold on a relationship just like so like through so little combined three time between the two characters that end up in said relationship it's one of my pet peeves about rom-coms and stuff like that and here like so movies that are purely about a relationship when there are so few other characters on the screen i just think there's so much more room to actually like sell you the viewer on that so i don't know i'll just tell people to jump off here if they don't want to hear any spoilers or anything like that not that even though it's kind of hard to spoil this movie but i would just say that the thing that probably overall impressed me most about the movie and this goes to like how we've been talking about them bonding is that I have mad respect for a a dog movie that can like move you this much emotionally without killing the dog. And I, I I mean, look, not, that's not to say like you need to every, every movie with a dog needs to like, you know, be a crowd pleaser and uh, not do something that's like unpopular, but it almost feels like it's a shortcut just to like uh, get some tears and, and, and certain times or to try and make the movie feel like it has more weight or more value because of that. And for all the criticisms we've already had, I think this, I think this movie actually ends on a couple of very moving notes in a way that felt earned. And uh, to be able to do that without with, without having to like uh, sacrifice one of the main characters, uh, I think is I, th- I think they should be commended for that. Yeah, I do think that it ends with like some real like emotional mm-hmm. catharsis toward the end of the movie. You know, the, the, you know, you get that moment where like everything seems like it's going wrong. The car breaks down. They've got like 100 miles to go that I guess he just decides to walk because that's a thing you can do. I don't know. Um, but but uh, hitchhiked, hitchhiked him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a rainstorm and they have to go take shelter. And, uh, you know, you know, this is where, you know, that, that moment, that, that moment in the foxhole, I guess, where, you know, Lulu is being triggered and he's feeling overwhelmed and, you know, uh, he takes a moment to like, like, and this is honestly the, this is where I, I really kind of hit me, uh, you know, right in the heartstrings where like, you know, he takes a moment, he stops from getting as frustrated as he normally would allow himself to be. And he tries to meet the dog on her level and uh, manages to actually break through and connect 
with her in a very real way. And I think that that's, you know, uh, you know, I was saying that like the, 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 the opening sequence is probably the best piece of filmmaking, but I think that that moment, they really do manage to do a great job at selling it. I will admit here. Well, there's a bit of a montage that goes into like assisting that part of the relationship with the, with when he meets, like, is it Rodriguez's brother that he ends up tracking down or. Uh, uh, no, it, it's the do- It's the owner of Lulu's sibling. Oh yeah! Somehow he just happened to know who that was. Well, because uh, he had a he had a booklet that kind of detailed her. Oh, oh, that was in the kill book thing. Okay, okay, I, that was I, in the I, kill book. I missed that. Okay, so he kind of like learns the bond with her there too. I should note. Yeah, I should. No, I, I should point out that. Yeah, that I, I almost forgot that. Like he also uh, Channing Tatum. I keep on calling him Channing Tatum. Uh, his name Briggs Jackson, Jackson Briggs. Briggs. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna call him Channing Tatum. <laughs> okay, so Channing exactly. Tatum. Uh, we find out toward the end of the like middle of the movie, like that he has a daughter that he's kind of estranged with, and a, I guess an ex-wife. And uh, you know, through honestly, it's through this dog that like he's found the enough courage to actually go and try to reconnect with her because he sees how he can how you know how his relationship with this dog is sort of flourishing. Actually, that's actually a rather sweet moment just before he makes the decision to go visit uh, his daughter and Lulu's brother. Uh, he's like they're like chilling on the side of the car and uh, he he tells her like you know how about this I'm gonna go see my daughter and we're gonna see your brother as long as you don't act crazy and he's like deal and then the dog shakes with him <laughs> and then he lets out a little cheer and it's such a genuine little moment I just love those because like you know I don't know actually Jernavoy do you have pets? Uh, not that live with me but like I mean I basically I basically actually trained my, my, my parents have two dogs and I, they got the, they, they got the younger of the two right when I moved home to like study for the bar exam after law school. And my mom went back to work full time. So I kind of like was the one that raised that puppy for like three months. And mm-hmm. it, it, and it, it's, it's not the friendliest towards people, but it still knows me. So, I mean, it's kind of my dog, but I don't have any dogs that like live with me full time on a full time basis. Right. But you do like, because, you know, these aren't human animals who can communicate with you, uh, exactly how they're feeling those little moments where you kind of like get this assurance that this dog has actually actually does kind of care about you Mm. uh it feels like you know it's like crack cocaine man (laughs) it feels so good uh you don't know like you know the, the 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 feeling when you know you walk in through the door and your dog runs up to you and shit like it it's it feels like nothing else. Like it feels amazing. Uh, hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I think that the movie does a good job, you know, selling those sorts of moments and, you know, you need those sorts of moments because at the end of the day, the dog doesn't talk. So like, you know, how else are you going to uh, sell that relationship? I will admit that like, I, and this is going to sound like a weird thing, but you know, I see a lot of animal movies. I don't think this film does a ton to like establish Lulu as her own independent character, um, like her own, as as like a, with with her own sort of personality quirks and such. Uh, I think that let me think of an example. Um, I think that Warhorse, for example, does a really good. I, I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, of course I've seen Warhorse. I, I I mean I I mean I didn't see it till like I understood your full love for it. But my, my, I was gonna like prevent you from like making recommendations at the end just to save us time and tell you to give an elevator pitch for Warhorse. But I guess you can do it now because I felt like it would have been a fitting time to do that as part of the recommendation section. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But like um, well with Warhorse, you know that's a movie that like you know Spielberg is sort of like uh, treating this horse with the same sort of like 
really grandiose but personal filmmaking that uh like that shooting style that he normally treats with people with and so he uses like a lot of cam- different camera techniques and uh editing techniques to sort of sell you on the kind of emotional inner life of a horse mm-hmm. you know that can't can't express anything on its face can't talk or anything like that so like you know he'll sell like a horse this horse um being reticent about jumping you know he's not a fan of jumping you know he'll sell the horse as like a sort of problem solver who's is able to kind of work out uh new challenges that are put in front of it Uh, though the horse is smart enough to realize when uh its buddy is going to be worked to death and it volunteers itself as tribute you know what i mean and it sounds mm-hmm. a little silly hearing it out loud but like in this way uh by sort of in a way anthropomorphizing this animal without you know going full silly with it and like making it talk or whatever uh he's able to sell this uh this animal as its own character with its own personality and its own uh likes and dislikes and this and that and this movie, I don't think it does quite that job in a way. Um, in a way, uh, Dog has the same problems that I have with Moonlight. Uh, a sentence that I, I'm so glad I get to be able to say. Um, in the sense that Lulu is sort of defined only by her trauma. You know, we get a little bit more from Channing Tatum, of course, because, you know, he can talk. Um, but because Lulu doesn't have that advantage, um, you know, she is kind of damaged goods, um, the entire way through, like she bonds with him. She likes him. Uh, she doesn't, she's, you know, we, we learned her anxieties, uh, the stuff she doesn't like, like she doesn't like being touched on the ears or whatever, but I don't know. It doesn't, Blue never feels like a I mean, fully I, I, fleshed out character outside of her relationship with Channing Tatum. I don't even know if I had higher expectations for how fully fleshed out I wanted her to be more just like, she was exactly what I thought she was going to be. She can be the angry dog that was going to be one over and there wasn't yeah, more yeah, to it. Yeah. I, 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 I don't really know how else I would have, I guess I'm having more trouble. Maybe it's because I don't have as clear a vision of like what Warhorse did strongly in that regard as you do. Cause I've only ever watched it once and it's been like three or four years, but like, I guess I don't really have, I'm not really sure what I could have gotten that would have given me a much better feel for her personality necessarily but i suppose there are different maybe there's other ways the relationship could have developed differently as far as the the pace at which they came together i don't know but like it it was about what i expected it to be but it was still charming is what i'll say yeah it is still charming uh you know at the end of the day it is just a dog i get it Mm -hmm. um it's just hey i'm 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 the animal movie connoisseur (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, I see so this and I'm like, well, it's no Baxter, the the 1980s uh, uh, French horror dog movie. So, mm. um, uh, I, 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 oh, man, I should I should have had some recommendations listed already, you know, just in case, you know, when we get to the end of the episode. Never heard but, of Baxter, but oh, Baxter is great. <laughs> but yeah, see, at the end I of the day, it's a full five stars and it's only 82 minutes. But it, on Letterboxd, it does not even have an option of where you can see it streaming. So that's interesting. Yeah, that, that one was on Criterion Channel. Uh, for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I happened to I happened to catch it and I fucking love that movie. Mm. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, uh, it's no it's no Baxter. Let's say that. But at the end of the day, it is, you know, it is still charming. It is still charming. I do love watching the relationship flourish between the two of them. I think that it keys into something really uh, profoundly emotional. And uh, I wish it spent more time just diving into that. It could have been like 10 minutes shorter and been all about that. And I think it would have been a stronger film for it. 
So basically you didn't need the, uh, you basically you could probably just done without the segment where they, where he walked around San Diego with, uh, Lulu's, uh, uncle basically, you know, like, because that yeah, that was, yeah where they that, ta- was, that was where they talked about a lot about what these animals once went through and uh what what the troops go through and stuff like that and if they just focus that time more on like Lulu and, and Channing Tatum maybe yeah that was actually I think that sequence it must have been like ten minutes or it, it felt, felt long like it, it felt longer to me felt actually, long, but, I mean, and I didn't yeah, mind and, it right I get what you're saying it that that was where it was kind of getting into the more overtly uh political stuff. Um, you know, we're dealing with the treatment of vet veterans broadly and such. And I don't know, it just it, it, because like it doesn't fully want to grapple with the implications of that, um, like the broader implications of that. Um, it, it's willing to say that, oh, yeah, it sucks that they're treated like this, but it doesn't want to get into not it, 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 it wants to say like they shouldn't be treated like that, but it doesn't want to go any further into that interrogation like should they have to be there at all? Like, why do we fund this sort of, you know, like, I, I know that sounds like a lot for me to expect from a movie that should, that, that is called dog. But that's mm-hmm. my point is that it should have been focused more on that sort of relationship. Otherwise you're going to inspire questions like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? Oh, uh, I will say that I think, does Bill Burr just have his agent on the lookout for just playing any sort of piece of shit that like comes up I, when he I, came I forgot on screen, it. That I was, was like, so weird. I did not know what to make of that sequence. Yeah, me neither. This is again, one of those points where like it, but it, it, it's, he plays like this police officer who in the aftermath of that incident with the Muslim man, like he like has a grudge against the U S army Rangers because of how they treated him in Iraq. Cause he was a, he was a just a just a regular like. Uh, um, but he like says some I, racist stuff, it but it's you're not sure if he's like making fun of the Channing Tatum guy for being racist or if he's actually racist or if he just hates both the Muslims and the army, I guess. Yeah, I, I got the impression that like he was just like winding him up because like he just doesn't like army rangers, you know, army rangers being like a sort of uh, not special forces, special forces is specifically the green berets but like uh, a spec op soldier just looking down his nose at him uh like i like i don't know it's just keyed into like i think maybe if you're in the military this this is like oh yeah they really did their homework with this one but as someone who wasn't in the army i have no idea what to make of that scene and i don't think it really added that much at the end of the day it just gave you a nice little moment where channing tatum gets to call bill burr a bitch you know, like, I don't know that we really needed that. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. That, 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 that was a little bit of a baffling sequence there because it was like you're kind of cheering for him to get out of jail. But at the same time, like, he doesn't not not deserve to be in jail either. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, it, 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 that was that was strange. Uh, one thing I'll note is the last scene. Uh, it's kind of where, you know, the movie has to end up. But I still thought it was done pretty well that they would have to, like, you know, that he's going to end up adopting her and saving her and driving off together. But it was still like fairly moving and all that. And, and, you know, he realizes like he doesn't need that life. He's clearly like going to take this dog away and not really go back to get that, you know, sign off from the military. At the same time, like as we touched on earlier, like he probably needs more help than just like uh, having a relationship with this dog. So it's not. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He does actually in the middle of that montage, you see that that he's actually going to like veteran group therapy and such. Um, oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Then. Yeah. 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 You get a scene where like, cause he talks to um, when he goes and meets Lulu's brother, mm-hmm. uh, he's talking 
to the owner who was, I think, also in the unit with Rodriguez. Mm. And they uh, and, and the the owner of Lou's brother tells him, like, hey, you need to talk to somebody like you need to talk to somebody. And he tells him, like, I run like a veteran sort of like group where like we just get together and we talk through stuff. And like during that montage, you see him in a circle with. Okay, those okay, guys good. So so he does yeah. get the help. He it's needs been it's been nine days since I saw it. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Um, so and it's all thanks to Lulu, baby. It's all thanks to that dog. So, sure. you know, what a good girl. <laughs> what a good girl. <laughs> OK, uh, we're about to do your top 10 podcast after this. So people will hear that soon. But do you have any other uh, recommendations, any other animal movies you want to shout out that would be fitting for this episode? White God. Um, so uh, I guess dually white dog and white God. So White Dog, it was a movie from, uh, I think, the 1980s. And that was a, I think, Samuel Fuller movie about a dog who actually, funnily enough, a dog that is like uh, racist. Mm. And I think a black man decides that he's going to train this dog to be not racist. And, uh, you know, I don't really remember it too well. I saw this movie many years ago, but I actually remember being quite taken by it. I think that it managed to do a really good job, like, you know, navigating the sort of social social subtext. And, uh, you know, I actually did quite like it. But uh, more more importantly, I want to shout out White God, which mm. is a, uh, a movie about a um, a dog that is mistreated. Uh, you know, loved by this little girl, mistreated by her stepfather. And, uh, you know, then eventually he's abandoned and he goes and he experiences a bunch of bullshit on the streets of, uh, I think, Prague. And uh, eventually, you know, he has enough and he starts a dog revolution. Hmm. I, I guess that re- I guess I'm giving away the plot there. But like, I mean, it's in the trailer. So what do you expect? I mean, I think uh, dog revolution is... Um... I, I, I think it's hard to spoil that. I think half the fun would come in actually watching it. So, you know, exactly. And like, honestly, it is like, you know, it is a little bit trauma porn for dogs. Like, uh, what was that movie about the donkey? Uh, the Brisson movie, Al Hazar Balthazar or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that sort of genre, but um, I think this movie does have uh, a bit of revolutionary catharsis. Um, Dogs is another good one. Dogs is a horror movie about um, a pack of dogs that go on a killing spree in L.A. Really, really beautiful looking movie. Um, Some crazy ass stunts there and uh, genuinely uh, quite terrifying. Um, Let me think. Airbud, you know, classic. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you went on a bit of a journey with the Airbud franchise uh, a few yeah, months ago. Yeah, I, I have I have seen all the Airbud movies. I'm now running through Air Buddies, which is a far harder sit through. I'll admit that. I feel like that. But, if, um, if, if if God forbid we should ever go into another COVID lockdown, that should be that should be a project uh, that I that, that would be a project I would embark on with you. Like I've been like I like I've done with other people. Oh, uh, you know? I would be so. I mean, I'm I don't I don't I don't, I, don't I, I don't think I've watched Airbud since I was like any Airbud movie since I was like in second grade. Oh man, we're on Omicron right now. I can't wait for Zeta. I can't wait for, <laughs> for, for the Zeta strain so that we can go and talk about Airbud. Uh, for me personally, the best of this series is uh, Airbud 3 World Pup. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just my that's just my own personal taste, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think Baxter again, French horror movie about a, a dog who's a sociopath who's trying to find the owner that will like fully be an owner to him who will rule him in the way that he needs to be dominated um and okay. it's very okay okay you, you, already, already, you already talked about that movie once you can't like we we, 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 got, we you've given the people a lot we got we, okay we, we, fair we, enough we fair got enough, some more we got enough. some more work to do tonight hey um, hey guys but I, I, I'll, I'll i will say that any <laughs> anybody 
who uh, wants to hear more about animal movies and dog movies, hit me up on anything because yeah. I will go on and on. Yeah. Uh, okay. I had to. I had to stop you somewhere. I it would. It would have taken too much time. Uh, the only other thing I'll plug that I've watched in the last week or two that uh, is is Mass. Uh, it's it's a movie that went under the radar because it was a smaller one. It only had a small theatrical run. It's on demand now. Uh, it's about you know uh, two sets of parents or or two couples. Uh, one of them is now divorced, but uh, one of whose killed the, one of whose sons killed the other son in a school shooting, and through some uh, you know some legal uh, back and forth with their uh, representation, they've kind of bartered to uh, have a sit down to like talk things out after about six years after these uh, tragic events. And uh, yeah, it large, it's a largely it takes place in a one room with four different people uh, talking and it's very intense and as heavy as you'd sound. I'm still processing it uh, after eight days after having watched it. I think it I mean, it's obviously incredibly well done and messed me up in the ways it probably intended to. And uh, I, it's, it's, but I'm just not even trying to properly rate it. I think it's worth the experience if you can find the right time of day to watch it when you're in the right mood. Uh, if, if you want to support like an independent movie that like is a very, very tightly uh, edited and indistinct uh, very powerful and uh, really goes to some fairly uh, uncomfortable places and some raw emotions. Uh, I would recommend Mass. Okay, Daniel, any uh, social media or letterbox you want to plug or anything like that? I'm a letterbox felonious funk, so add me there. As usual, I'm Josh Chernovoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y on both uh, Twitter and Letterbox. Podcast Twitter is at Rewind Movie Pod. Podcast email is rewindmoviepod at gmail.com. Send us feedback there. Uh, I don't know what order this is coming out in. I can't tell you what's coming up next, but uh, we'll have something next week. Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of firmly in Daniel's corner of the year as far as the kind of movies that come out. So uh, I'm sure he'll make his presence felt on the podcast a few times over the next uh, couple months when uh, we find some other weird shit that's coming out. So uh, thanks to Daniel for joining and talking about this, uh, this fun, charming movie. Thanks to all of you for listening, and we'll see you next time.